Welcome to the Personal Process Podcast. My name is Parham. I am the host of the show. Today, we are joined by my friend, Joseph. Joseph is a graduate student at Simon Fraser University, and he's actually been a guest on our show before. We talked about health, the challenges with COVID, and how we can come on top after this pandemic, not as just a country, but as a nation entirely. So if you haven't checked that episode out, definitely give it a look. With regards to this episode, we're going to be talking specifically on education in the future, the challenges the pandemic has given us, and also what we can do about it, and maybe give a little bit of perspective for individuals who've already been in their careers for a number of years compared to the individuals like myself and Joseph, who are new recruits of the workforce. And with that said, we'll hit our intro and we'll get into the discussion. Podcasting worldwide from Vancouver, Canada. Canada. Welcome back to the Personal Process Podcast. The show that takes you through the growth, hardship, self-discovery, lessons, and stories of individuals who achieved success in their own personal path. Trust the process. Bam. So that was our intro and we just got Joseph's attention and good timing because Joseph, here comes the first question. When we were chatting earlier, I was mentioning, you know what, Joe, you know, we wanted to come on the show a bit more regularly with you, chat about life, chat about our experiences, our thoughts. And I asked you, Joseph, what's the topic that you want to talk about today? And you mentioned education and the pandemic and what the future holds. So why is that important? Why should we having the stock why should people be watching us or listening to us on their favorite platforms mm-hmm. again thank you for the invitation Paham. i really appreciate i uh i've, I've actually listened to uh, the last uh, uh episode you uploaded i think uh, yesterday or today with nima yeah what do you think what do you think i think it was really good I, I enjoy podcasts. I mean, it's it's a it's a new music. <laughs> it's it, a new music. It really is, and you know, Nima's podcast is one of the fastest growing episodes yet with our platform. And with regards to YouTube, I think it's already hit the number one platform. With regards to the actual podcast, it's almost there, and it's the most recent release. So if you haven't checked out Nima's episode, definitely do yourself a favor. Click the links down below and check that out. But yeah, Joseph, you know, like it's definitely true that it's kind of like the new music. It's something that everyone's doing. And to be quite honest, when I first started podcasting, I didn't even actually listen to podcasts. You know, I just like talking and some people say I have a decent voice. So I'm like, hmm, OK, well, <laughs> let me give this a try. Um, yeah. But tell me, Joseph, like what what is this education in the future? What is why do you want to talk about it? Why is it important? Right. I, I, I did answer that question at first. <laughs> um, well, I think for a long time, I, I I think I've been passionate about education. I have been passionate. I don't think, but I've been passionate about education uh, because education allows us to examine ourselves. And not education in the context a lot of people think about it, but education in the context of re- uh, evaluation and uh, uh, re-examination. Mm. Um, but I'll talk about education. I wanted to talk about education and in the way a lot of people think about it, schooling, schooling, schooling. And maybe to an extent, socialization, uh, socialization of the mind of the people into a, a working culture or society. Um, but 
I before, to before about, you go on, Joseph, what do you mean by socialization? Just do you mind explaining a little bit? Right. Well, there are a lot of uh, different pathways uh, humans or individuals we take to enter into society to fit into the patterns of a society. Uh, part of the, those uh, systems or ways or pathways are uh, culture, uh, religion, uh, the different constructs through which we kind of understand or begin to understand the world. Uh, but education uh, for a long time or schooling for that purpose has been that pathway for a lot of people, uh, for you and I. Uh, schooling has been that socialization process through which we begin to understand the world, we begin to uh, contextualize or find our place as well in, 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 in society. So that's what I mean by uh, socialization, yeah. Okay. And education played a pivotal role in socialization. And right now it's playing an even more pivotal role in the world, especially for individuals who are at the post-academic. Well, is that called post-academic? Yeah. What's it called? I forgot the uh, name for it. Uh, high learning. Institute. Hi, higher learning. There was something post something post something high school. Mm-hmm. Anyways, university, college, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, even high school, actually high school graduates as well. Um, so tell me, why is this important? And it's socialization, but critically in this point, why is it important for you? Why should we talk about it? Right. Well, uh, education has been one of those uh, most heat um, systems uh, uh, pre and post, I mean, post-COVID uh, or during COVID. A lot of countries had to hold off their education systems or as, uh, hold off from learning uh, where i come from in uganda i think kids did not go back to school until recently it almost took eight months uh, until schools could be reopened right wow uh, so almost a whole year from march i think last year to this year that's when uh, schools kind of started reopening so you can think about that i mean education does allow for parents to work, right? Uh, education, I mean, again, schooling allows parents to work because kids are also preoccupied uh, mm-hmm. with their learning. Uh, and then when you talk about post-secondary uh, education or even a tertiary or uh, higher learning institutions, uh, there were also heat. Uh, you and I go used to go to SFU or I still go to SFU, but a lot of uh, learning uh, was transferred to online platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can imagine what now the new future is going to look like. Uh, and I doubt a lot of, I, I think a lot of people feel comfortable now with online uh, schooling. Or You, you uh, doubt? I, I doubt a lot of people would want to go back because mm-hmm. their costs related to uh, the in-person education mm. international students who have to be here sure and their costs of leaving uh, moving here and you know so but then on the other side education and especially the higher learning institutions does allow for uh, conversations one person told me that what you really get in a higher learning institution like a university is not so much about the education or the, le- the content you get from there or the diploma, 
but about the network, the social network you come up with. So that is kind of also changing a lot in higher learning institutions. A lot of people don't feel as connected as, as they were to their peers. So that network is, is, uh, is missing out. Um, it, it, it's very true. You know, Joseph, yesterday, or not yesterday, uh, a couple of days back, we had an interview with uh, Jeff Wald, and he actually wrote a book called the, essentially the book was with, with regards to the end of jobs. And it's, it's not literally the end of jobs. It's meaning it's kind of like a new industrial revolution. And, uh, you know, Jeff Wald was talking about how, you know, school, we're having chat, I think, I think I was mentioning this, actually. But you know that it's not so much the things that you learn in school, like, for example, health science, I don't know, 300 or whatever. It's not that but it's the people that you sit in the conversations you have. It's these conversations we're having right now about certain aspects of life. And it's challenging beliefs, you know, like, <laughs> especially when you're in a university setting. I mean, you know, you're mentioning international students, you know, if you're from Uganda, and I grew up in Canada, and we meet each other and talk, the way that we see the world is not the same. <laughs> and it's not to say that my is mine is better or yours is better. It's different. And I think those nuances and those nuanced conversations we can have with one another can kind of help us find ourselves. <laughs> and, you, you know, we're talking about why people would not want to come back. But to be honest, Joseph, I thought that was like, for me, at least like, the conversations I've had with you. I mean, l- let me give you a little backstory for me and Joseph. Because, <laughs> <laughs> man, so I, you know, we just we met at this event. I won't go into details of that one, but what ended up happening and why me and Joseph are such good friends. I swear to God, every single day, every single day, I would see Joseph in a new place. <laughs> like it would be like the weirdest places, and then we look at each other. All we would do is just laugh. Like three minutes, everyone around us, whether if I'm in a group or Joseph's in a group, would be just like, What's going on? (laughs) But (laughs) it's just like the weird. I was I was joking with him after. I'm like, man, where are you gonna show up after we graduate, man? Are you just gonna show up at my house one day randomly walking around? (laughs) COVID happened and exactly, man. It all just went but like you know, like these chats that we had when we met each other, it'd always be fun. It'd always be like entertaining. But, you know, we actually had some deep heart to heart talks about various topics and like from the whole spectrum, you know, like and, you know, when you're missing on that, like because, you know, they say the quote is, you know, college is the best years of your life, quote unquote, from, you know, what's it called? Uh, Let's say L.A.'s movie scene. But it's also the best years to develop yourself, to know who you are. I mean, I don't know if I can speak for you, Joseph, but like, man, comparing to myself to who I was when I was 18, like I cringe at myself at 18. The thoughts that I had, the way that I believed society should be run, the way that just the whole circuitry up here. But, you know, through these conversations that I've had with amazing friends like yourself, professors, classmates, X, Y, and Z, clubs, association, volunteering, and finding out who I am, I kind of have a little bit more sense of who I am. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know, like I was looking on uh, Reddit and there's people mentioning that, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm pretty content with online learning, but I'm just like, I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so what what about you? Like, what are you thinking about this? What, what's your thoughts? Well, uh, there are a couple of uh, things. Uh, one, maybe let's talk about the impact first before we look at 
how sure. things are, have changed. I got too excited, man. The topic was good. The topic was good. (laughs) Uh, But when you look at the impact, of course, the the lack of uh, social network for young people, uh, it it comes in, it it comes with all kinds of effects, you know. Mm. I'm TAing right now, uh, teaching assistant for uh, undergraduate first year courses. And I can tell the impact on these young guys coming in, uh, maybe they have, some of them might be third or second year, but I feel sorry for the, uh, the, the, the young people coming in, first year students. You can imagine now it's, they're, they're now going to second year, but their entire first year experience has been online. So I yeah. feel for, for them and I can see it and the struggle with uh, writing and submission of assignments, right? In what um, way? T- t- tell me, like, what do you notice in specific? Because you've been TAing not only this year or even last year. So, like, what's the differences that you've noticed? Right. Well, in uh, when you have uh, in-person learning, a lot of uh, people are able to kind of check in on each other, you know. If mm. you've forgotten about an assignment, your friend or your professor will remind you, oh, this assignment is due. Good point. Not even just the reminder, but the moral support to get through an assignment to say, ah, I, I, I'm not the only one going to be submitting at 11.59. Another person. Shout out to first year. All right. So, (laughs) you know, if we look back, back, oh, um, retrospectively to our first year experience, we, there was support. We had uh, support from each other, right? But imagine a young person now locked into their room, mostly their bedroom, uh, or house, and yes, there there's this. I mean, you can be on a WhatsApp group or iMessage group. Not the same. But it's not the same. Not right? the same, man. So that that impact uh, is definitely going to be felt, and we are. And I, as I said in our last conversation, I don't know uh, what it's going to take us. I would say ten years or so to see the impact of what this pandemic really did uh, or and, the effects of the pandemic. Are you talking specifically on the educational sector and how not, they're going to train people or? Not just, just the education, but overall, but let's, for the purpose of this conversation, of course, the impact, is, it's already been felt. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, but. Yeah. Think about um, the. Uh, any business. Uh, any business at school, right? <laughs> It's not just when uh, we're going to school, there are jobs for uh, the uh, kitchen staff, uh, oh, yeah. jobs for the, the cleaners and, and uh, how we shouldn't be calling them cleaners, but what they, uh, the proper word is um, janitors, right? Right. Um, there are jobs for uh, all kinds of people who can uh, thrive from an, a higher learning institution or a school. Mm. But so the impact is not just on students, but today we can focus on students because this is a personal development program. Um, so when you think about education, education, as I said, it's not so much about the content of what you're learning, but about the network, the challenge of beliefs, as you mentioned. Absolutely. Um, and so the impact is going to be quite uh especially if it goes on for so long. Now we're into the second year of the pandemic. 
So I can imagine a lot of things are start, a lot of people are starting to realign um, how they are thinking, maybe uh, their positions or uh, positionality within their social circles. Maybe mm. they've lost friends. They're, they're un- unable to keep up with their network. So there's that challenge or that impact. But then there's going to be an impact on moving forward from higher learning institutions. Because a lot of people, a lot of at least my friends, finished school just around the time the pandemic was starting. For so sure. a lot of them are still at home. No For jobs. Sure. No. So you can only imagine. Absolutely. And before we kind of go on to the segment, we've had a couple of episodes talking from, you know, how to develop your career plan with Mark. Then, you know, we're talking with Nima on his beliefs with, you know, that the educational system just doesn't meet the current demands that the job market has. We talked with Jeff Wald about how the future of jobs are changing. And it's it's already hard enough as it is because in my opinion joseph and i think we both concurred on this you know like the schooling that we get is great don't get me wrong i love the stuff that i learned some of the things i did not i was not too fond of but i think a lot of students can concur on that statement but you know the material some of it was excellent i really enjoyed learning i really enjoyed because my field was in kinesiology at the human body i mean that's pretty cool you know, your health science, same kind of deal, right? It's health, it's it directly impacts you. But, you know, like, I got to tell you, man, like, if you don't go into certain jobs, the majority of that knowledge is so useless. There's like one or two courses that I use on a day to day basis. And that's kind of it. And it's kind of sad to say, I mean, uh, you, did you get the Bachelor of Science in Health Science? No, I did. I, I get. I got the Bachelor of Arts. Okay, yeah. smart, smart man. So I did the Bachelor of Science for Kinesiology, and we had to do two calculus courses. Now, don't get me wrong. I love math. I love math. I don't know why. I always just liked it. Um, <laughs> probably because it's undisputable. And you know, I usually had problems with my professors and uh, teachers where there's grade conflicts. But you know, the proof is in the pudding. I put in the work and I got the answer. So just check mark. Thank you very much. But you know, these courses, like I never use them in my degree. Mm -hmm. I never, the only thing that I learned that I needed from calculus one, which is essentially just the first year calculus deriving majority of things is the derivative is essentially a slope. What did I learn from calculus two? The integral is the area under the curve. That's eight months of my life. (laughs) And, you know, it's just like it just doesn't fit. I mean, I'm not sure your field may have more um, uses for calculus in this. And I'm not saying the calculus is dumb. Okay, Calculus is really cool, but it's so niche. And when you teach it to so many individuals. What's the point? (laughs) You know what I mean? So. You know, we're talking about all this. And the reason that I mentioned this preamble is because when you're finished university, when you're finished high school, you're just entering the job market. You're already at the bottom of the food chain. Okay. You don't have that huge of a network. Maybe you did some good networking and maybe you found a friend like me and Joseph where you just bump into them every single time on school, a random place and just laugh and have these chats. But, you know, like most people, it's not their concern. They want to finish school. Get in, get out. Mm -hmm. Now, combine that with the fact that 
there's a lot of elements that school doesn't teach you about the business sector, whether it's, you know, job politics, whether it's how to write a good report in a good way, how to communicate properly, how to X, Y, and Z. There's various factors. School does a good job on a lot of fronts, but there is definitely things that are missing for the 21st century, at least in my personal opinion. But Joseph, I want you to kind of lead us in the direction of how COVID impacted this for us. Mm -hmm. Well, um, just a few points maybe before I, I move on to, uh, you touched on uh, calculus and a lot of education or courses that we take that are not, may not be, um, have a practical uh, uh, use for a life. Practical use, right. Mm. Um, and that's where socialization comes in. Mm, tell me. There's a hidden curriculum. Mm. What is a hidden curriculum, Joseph? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, a hidden curriculum is, or the unsaid curriculum, mm. is, think of it as the things that you're learning whilst you're learning other things. Right. So right. I, I think an example is kind of when we're like kids and we're lining up and, you know, like line up in your orders, like learning how to communicate maybe with your peers. This this one I'm kind of freestyling. I kind of forgot the exact definition of it, but you learn how to like communicate. You learn how to put yourself into order. You learn how to take commands um, from positions, people of higher authority. These are things that I'm just rambling from my head. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, is that right? Or Yeah. So for calculus, maybe it, it may not have an, a practical uh, 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 benefit. Sure. But maybe the implied benefit is that you're learning problem solving and all that. But the challenge, <laughs> the challenge to that kind of, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm for that. Uh, right, right, right. I know. The challenge with that kind of organizational uh, uh, or modeling of an uh, institute or education is that there is no transparency. I was just going to mention that. There is no transparency. And once there is no transparency, then there is a lack of praxis. Lack of praxis. Hold up. You got to explain praxis. This may be a common <laughs> word, but it just sounds too special. You got to explain it to me, man. I should, I should, I should. Uh, Look at this guy's vocabulary. You're a graduate student or something, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, praxis is um, action and reflection. Right. Put so when there's no transparency, there's no praxis. There's no praxis. Because if I don't understand why I'm doing something or why they're there's a certain way of doing things. I'm just going to follow blindly. And that's and, and that leads me, of course, to our next conversation about why the pandemic did have a number on us. Mm, and it's a couple of numbers. <laughs> it's linked to this, uh, to this point that when you are doing things in a pattern or a culture without reflection, reflection and you're just going, there comes a time where the thing until something happens, maybe like the pandemic, that brings into question all these things that you've been doing for a long time. Absolutely. So certainly, the way we've been educating young people has been called into question by the pandemic. It might have been a culture of schooling, but was it the right thing? Was it effective? Was it sustainable? Right. So that has been 
uh, it's been uh, uppercutted to the face. Uppercut. It's, it's, it's called into question. And we have to evaluate how are we going to educate young people uh, in the future mm-hmm. in this new world order that we're going to be functioning in. Because a lot of things are going to change for, uh, for sure. Oh, yeah. But we oh, yeah. now need to, and that's why um, we have to implore and undercut this kind of uh, uh, cultured schooling, hmm. cultured uh, work work culture or economic culture. So the culture that is the norm in various aspects of life, is that what you're saying? Right, because yep. once you're doing things out of culture, there is no reflection. And Ma'am. yeah. And and when you go on to do so much like that, you're running on auto pilot. You're not thinking. You're not reflecting until something happens, and then you have to stop and reflect on what you're doing. So, Absolutely. of course, it's benefited us for a, a while. Um, into I mean the Renaissance and then now into the 21st century, but for sure, like we cannot live life. Life requires that we are living, but these cultures require that we are dead. What do you mean? Life, uh, uh, what, life what? requires that at any point in time you cannot come to a conclusion of anything. When we come to a conclusion, it means uh, it implies death, right? It implies okay. death. Yep. Learning stops. I think I kind of follow you, yeah. But with doing things in a, a cultural pattern, it then leads to kind of a conclusion about a certain thing that I've mastered that. Right. We've mastered that. Let's but just go with that. But it's kind of like that shadow of repetition, right? It's kind of like that auto loop rather than going straight in one direction into the unknown, exactly. which is a little scary. And j- just before I let you finish here, uh, Joseph, I just wanted to add in a little small tangent, but at a more micro scale, the same thing happens with individuals, you know, and, th- and that's why I was mentioning in the beginning of this podcast that the schooling was absolutely phenomenal and excellent for the socialization that we got to do as students, because your beliefs get crushed left, right, and center, man. If you actually have an open mind and you go and put yourself out there, you know, like I put myself out for election for the student society, for the SFU Senate, for the Board of Governors. And, you know, those are high stress environments and you kind of have to put your all your beliefs on your skin and just put it all out there, give it your best shot. And uh, ultimately, whether you win or lose, you gain such valuable insights into life, into yourself, into the world. And there are tough times in life that break you, that shatter this paradigm, the auto loop that you're in to be happy. And then you're kind of left out in the abyss mm-hmm. and unknown. And you're saying, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And, and that's a critical point, right? Because the society there can either say like, oh, let me just bring on a ton of debt and we'll cover it up. We'll cover it up. We'll cover it up. What happens then? Zimbabwe's inflation. Mm-hmm. And Zimbabwe is just an example, like, you know, because what is it like a one trillion dollar note is like practically worthless now. And it's changed now. I mean, is that right? OK, I haven't kept up with the news, clearly. Mm-hmm. Is it so the inflation bubble's done then? Eh? Yeah, I think I, it's better. I think it's is it because it's one to the USD? Yeah. OK, that's why. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. But, you know, like same sort of thing with people, you know, it's not the 
stacking on depth, but it may be harmful behaviors to cope with this rather than saying, okay, I'm in this abyss. What can I do? Which direction can I go? And I think there's a very negative connotation to this, you know, because a lot of people don't like pain. A lot of people don't like failure. You want to be like super good. You want to be good looking. You want to be smart. You want to be right. You want to be what's it called? All these positive traits. And it's like we're, we're throwing in failure in the back of the bus. It's like if you fail, you're a loser. You're the worst. Man, it's just another building block. Take that failure. That's another block. You know, it's an F, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's literally kind of like, uh, let me see if I can. Okay, this is harder than I thought. But it's literally like you can just stack the Fs on each other, right? And as, as lame and funny as that kind of sounds, I hope it was kind of funny. But, you know, it's your progress. And same with the culture. It's a necessary part, I would argue. And I think... It's a critical part that we talked about for our last podcast together, Joseph. You know, it's it's a very important what we do now because it could literally ruin us as a society, as a nation, internationally, globally. Or it could make us better. And I think whether it's at the micro scale for each individual person or whether it's at the macro scale internationally. Hmm. Today's a tough time that we got to make some tough choices, but it's important to realize that this is an opportunity for us rather than all the negative problems that ensue. Because if we keep thinking on the negatives, we can't go forward, right? Yeah, I think, uh, uh, again, I'll touch on that. Yeah. that as humans, we want, it's very easy to kind of desire to fall into, to reach a conclusion about something, about a relationship, about someone, about a system, about a way of doing things, because maybe it's more effective. But when we do that, we cut out ourselves from the natural flow of life. Today, birds go along with the with the seasons, mm. right? Uh, trees grow in a, 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 or a bear fruits in a season, right? But as humans, we have surpassed our nat- the natural rhythm, and that's what is it is costing us. It is it is costing us, and of course we're now on a tangent. But I just wanted to drop that's it in okay. there because it, it is connected to ed- uh, the impact of COVID nineteen on education Absolutely. and how we're moving forward because. When we don't, when we come out of rhythms, the natural rhythms of learning, of we kind of suspend any form of evaluation or reflection, which is important for life, right? Yeah. Uh, of course, we have um, memory that kind mm. of keeps birds also keep memory that they know I fly in this direction. Sure. These seasons come, and this is how I behave. But that doesn't mean that they stop learning, that they suspend any form of, because they have to be alert, right? Absolutely. But as our systems, unfortunately, our education system uh, in particular, because we're talking about that today, I, I mean, wonder if that has ahead. been responsive. Not, not even mm. just uh, Asking the big questions. I wonder if it's been responsive to what is happening. And how are we going to teach? Uh, my my young cousin sent me a message to, yesterday. Mm-hmm. He asked me, uh, Joe, should I go to 
an international school or a local school? I'm like, for a 13-year-old, that's a good question because he's already reflecting. And he told me, I want you to tell me the truth and the bare truth. He's not following what the parents are telling him, but he's now reflecting on mm. what is going on. And I, I told him, well, it doesn't matter what whether you go to an international school or local school. What matters is what you want out of your education. Right. Key, so, key point. Key point. And just just before I let you go on, what do you want? That's a critical point for any aspect of your life, whether it's how to spend your money. A lot of people buy things that they don't want. A lot of people go after jobs that they don't want. A lot of people go after ambitions they don't want. If you don't want something, don't do it. Time is a commodity just as much as is money. Mm-hmm. And I'd argue more because money you can always make more. Time, it's gone. Right. Um, right. Sorry, go ahead. So, yeah, I, uh, and I'll, I will lead back to. Um, the, he was mentioning uh, that what do you want? The impact, yeah, of what do we want? Mm. So, for a lot of young people, it's that they've got into a pattern of I finish high school, or uh, let's say I finish my middle school, I go to uh, high school, then I go to grad school, I mean, uh, college, then I go to high school, I mean, to. I go into grad school, but there's no purpose. There's mm. no reflection. And going back to the theme of your podcast, uh, personal development, the pandemic has now put us into boxes to reflect on what yep. do we want? Are we going to keep doing things the way we were doing them? Or are we going to change on and reflect on what systems we had and where have they gotten us? What were the limitations? What were the successes? And how do we improve? Right. And so for a lot of young people, uh, if I may go on a little bit, for a lot of young people now, they are challenged with the, um, with, they are challenged to kind of now start reflecting about exactly what are you up to? in life Mm -hmm. that you know we talk about potential we talk about things that we want to do as young people uh finishing college and all that but i feel like if we look positively to what happened uh, during the pandemic and i'm not uh, saying that to uh, in any way um undermine experiences of what people have gone through or losing loved ones and all that. But on the brighter side, if we look at this, it can also help us reflect on, especially young people, uh, moving into the, um, either higher learning institutions or moving into uh, uh, the work culture, unfortunately work culture. What do we want? What kind of world are we going to frame after this? And the sad part, is that a lot of young people have not unfortunately been equipped and we are handled there's this kind of potential that is framed in a picture for a lot of millennials and young people that this is what you have to do this Mm -hmm. is who you're supposed to do uh, to be this is what you're supposed to do by this time by this age by that but a lot of things have changed 
a lot has changed that 30 years ago or yeah. maybe generations ago, what you would do at 30 is completely different from what a 30-year-old is doing now. Absolutely. And I think the best way to say it, Joseph, is, you know, I think we we're talking about this with Nima. You know, we need a we need a software update, man. You know, Windows XP was good. But man, you know, that Windows Vista, I mean, it had its problems, too. But I think it looked cool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, point being is, you know, society evolves. So does software. So do individuals. And everything is interconnected now with the Internet. You know, and it's like I remember when I was in school, I was learning cursive writing. I mean, sure, it's kind of fun to write on a paper now and then, but I mean, like, it's just it's just outdated. I didn't learn about internet privacy. I didn't learn about cybersecurity. I didn't learn about how data is going to be collected. And to be fair, when I was a kid, when you were a kid, like this wasn't very pertinent stuff. But, you know, like as we're going into high school, like it's becoming more and more important. You know, I think when I was in grade eight, like everyone had Facebook at the time, you know, and it's like there wasn't one course that taught me, hey, your data is being collected from Facebook or other social media platforms. And it's like, I'm not going to discuss in this episode why I think I wouldn't be in favor of that, but at least to educate the young individuals what they're exposing themselves to. Because what we mentioned earlier, what I mentioned earlier, when we're kids, we we aren't ourselves. We're just going in that loop. Go to school, come back home. Go to school, go, come back home, play some video games, go to school. And it's like, you're not thinking about this stuff. There isn't too much opportunity for reflection. Perhaps maybe the pandemic for this recent generation of individuals who are in school, college, high school, all that good stuff, had an opportunity to reflect. But the individuals didn't, the society didn't. And it's like, we need that software update. We need to update our school systems to meet modern demands, modern necessities of life. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Well... If you if you think about what has befallen a lot of young people, I mean, what's up? I wonder uh, because we are into a time almost like we have we we as young people we are almost going to be charged with the new renaissance. Hmm. What do you mean by that? We're going to be charged with... Um... We're running deep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, we're charged now with um, remapping, mm. reconfigurating how we want maybe the next 40, 50 years to look like. And of course, they are masters of the world um, who have kind of designed economic systems and all that and kudos to them but it was, that was 50 years ago that was 60 years ago of course much respect to them but life as we know it it is always transitioning that's why we sleep absolutely we sleep and- so that we can reset the body can have a, a kind of uh, some time to deal with what happened during the day, what you ate during the day. We need sleep. But if the world is going so fast and we're not able to to stop it and reflect about, you know, I normally use the analogy, or it's actually a friend who uses the analogy of um, that we are on a bus heading 
for a cliff. We are parking on a bus headed for a cliff. Um, yep. So I think uh, for what I meant by the young people today are charged with remapping is that there are a lot of transitions that have to happen. Uh, and, and they got to go to the driver's seat too, right? Yeah. And, my, a- and a lot of that would, of course, have to do with reimagining those expectations and the potential mm. that the world we lived in uh, maybe 50 years or maybe what our parents lived in uh, years ago might not be the same. And we cannot continue with the same expectations and the same uh, kind of picture of potential. Absolutely. So we have to re-examine that. Absolutely. And since you mentioned the same expectations, you know, like there's there's kind of a joke from individuals who are, you know, I think uh, I don't I don't know if the appropriate term is baby boomers. Is that appropriate? Baby what? Baby boomers. Is that appropriate? Yeah, I mean, might be. I hope so. <laughs> no offense. I don't know how generation let's be x i don't know um but you know these individuals like you mentioned joseph like the rules were different you know you go to university get out and people are knocking at your door hey bob how you doing let me give you a job do you want to see my resume no uh do you want to interview me nope okay you're coming in on monday and so it's like now you you finish with a degree and i think now you need to get a master's just to be the same as like the people with a bachelor's before right and then on top of that you need like five years experience and it's just like you know these individuals not all these individuals some uh group i won't specify the magnitude but you know there's a notion that some of these individuals say that you know millennials are lazy or you know generation z is lazy and it's like you know it's just like I mean, how many individuals back then had to work and go to school? Hmm. How many individuals back then went out of the job market and worked for a year and then bought a house? (laughs) This isn't something that we can even dream of nowadays for a lot of individuals. You know, it's like rents, what is it, 30 to 50% of an average individual's like income? And it's just like, this isn't something it fits it doesn't fit anymore and you know like we're talking with nima and the same formula just doesn't work you know and it worked before and i think that's why a lot of parents have a lot of conviction into it but by forcing an individual down a route that doesn't fit them (laughs) it's really doing a disservice right you want to chime in on something yeah i think uh these of course the generation differences uh, sure. that, are, that, that are causing all these these pressures mm. um, the young people are like you don't understand us and then maybe the older generation is like you're you well you're very lazy um, some you some some work. but I, I think I want to keep I, 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 I want to keep it to that systems because when we think of systems, then we all try to look at it from the same eyes. Mm. We, we separate you and me and your experience, and we look at, okay, independent of who I am, independent of who you are, right. let's look at what we've been dealt with. Sure. What, 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 has been, 
what kind of world has been given to you? Uh, what kind of world, let's say, a lot of millennials, your age, my age, uh, what kind of world are we stepping into? That's an interesting perspective, yeah. Because it's kind of just like giving someone a field, right? And saying, hey, I had this field when I grew up and I grew, I don't know, let's say 100 bananas or whatever, banana trees. But then you're going and you're only growing 20. What's wrong? But the interesting thing is, yes, the field is the same. It all looks the same. But wow, this is such a good analogy. But the nutrients in that soil is not the same. You know, it's the, all the nitrogen and all the other chemicals in that that would make the soil fertile and make our banana trees lush and fruitful and amazing and allow them to grow has been drained. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it, this is kind of what we're facing right now. You know, like, yes, it is the same field. Yes, there does look like there is opportunities in X, Y and Z, but it's just like uh, the underlying factors that can get us there are just not the same. And maybe before that was just more companies or less individuals without degrees. But I mean, I don't know the statistic off the top of my head. Maybe you do, Joseph. But I think 50% or 30 to 50% of individuals now have an undergraduate degree. I mean, do you have it off the top of your head or? Uh, No, but I I definitely know that. Of course, the a lot of uh, these now a lot more literacy literacy the world literacy or global literacy rate is higher than it used to be for sure uh, um and it's uh, a lot of countries have achieved that millennium development goal of mm. sending every child to to uh, to have an education mm. but again <laughs> we have to question what yes there's a, an advantage to literacy but knowing to read is different right now be like it's almost like every child is born to read sure <laughs> i mean it comes second to me so it's sure. not we have to change our goals reading for what purposes absolutely for, being literate for what purposes so exactly is, uh, and what i'm trying to enforce here is enforce big word reflection and evaluation mm. at every level whether individuals, leaders, or, uh, or leaders of organizations, of education uh, institutions, we really have to reflect because there's a lot that is going to, uh, I don't want to be the bad prophet, <laughs> but the you can see coming up. The cliff's we, coming up. You can see the, tra- the trajectory, and we almost have to even change our education systems to be responsive to the climate change or um, what is happening to to our uh, uh, world natural environment yep uh, are we educating young people in ways that are keeping these things in mind that the world the natural world is not the same our natural environment is changing because of what we've done but this is what we can do mm. and so that's where a remapping comes in and you and I and a lot of my friends who are probably starting companies or social impact uh, um, ventures ventures, or people going to the business sector, we really have to map and dis- make a decision that, look, we are going to make an effort to build, to rebuild uh, 
systems that are responsive to what is happening. Because otherwise, you saw what happened 2020. You saw, you see what is happening where we have to shut down for three weeks because we don't know what to do because our systems are not built to respond to such um, natural reflexes. Mm. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of work ahead of us and I think there's a lot that we can do. I just really wonder if it can be done because it's a big feat, right? Because we're not talking about, you know, for example, let's say Joseph, uh, I don't know, got his dream job or his dream interview. And uh, I don't know, what's the, what's the dream job for you, Joseph? Let's say Bonnie Henry's job. I don't know. <laughs> That's a pretty good job, right? Let's go with that. Let's go. With so that. let's say he got an interview for that. He thought he killed it. You know, everyone at the firm said he did well. And then one week later, no. And, you know, just feeling pretty defeated. He's worked his whole way up here. He went to graduate school. He wrote his thesis. Parham called him Master Joseph. That's our joke from the previous episode. If you haven't watched that, check it out. But, uh, you, you know, he finished his degree after that. And, you know, it's uh, it's tough. And then Joseph has the ability to reflect, make do with the decision and go forward. But it's a society. It's it's a lot of pressure because, I mean, there's division in thoughts. You know, I mean, I think just looking at the masking policy, we can see that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I want to go into whether what's right or what's wrong here. The main issue that I want to convey here is that there's a division between the country. And right now there's a lot of turmoil. And that's just one issue. There's a various other issues that let's just stick to Canada. Canadians have differences in. And how are we going to adjust the systems level to accommodate all these differences where it seems nowadays with, I guess, the I keep talking about the social media algorithm, man. But like, you know, like when you're getting just one view presented to you and you you are robbed of your right to see a full picture. I really think it really harms society as at large, man. And it's like, you know, it's just like, how do we go about that? You know, do you think society can actually mend its wounds? That was a pretty cool question. I like that. (laughs) You're really digging into something very, very um, critical here. And I feel like we should even have a whole segment on this one. Man, go ahead. We got time. (laughs) This is a a big one. This is a big one because (laughs) this is how I think about it. I feel like we are functioning, we have, we have bodies or societies functioning at a secondary level that has not yet mastered the primary and proximal needs. Bam. I like that. We have come up with all these algorithms and and our systems are so fast so so quick but we have not mastered the, the basics that have withstood the uh, the test of time mm-hmm. like conflict and difference in and thinking uh tribal wars or um racism or mm-hmm. so we have all these things that personal interpersonal things Conflicts. at the primary level yeah we don't have to 
for the most part of the world, does not have to worry about food, does not have to worry about shelter, because of all these systems that we have developed or techn te technological advancements. Sure. But I hope that the technological advancement will give us a, a kind of a, will allow us the time to sit and reflect about interpersonal issues because we don't have to worry about getting from point A to point B. We don't have to worry about whether I've eaten or whether there's food. When these things may be, that's my hope, uh, that maybe when these things are catered for because mm -hmm. of technology and we can be, uh, produce food or produce at, uh, at more effective uh, or um, a large scale, we, then we don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about getting a job or not. Then maybe we can have time to talk and resolve these things that are still uh, affecting our societies. Yeah, and that's what I mean. That we are, we've advanced so much ahead of our time that we've we are in between these two worlds that have kind of transitioned to. It's almost like a child who starts um, eating before they develop their teeth. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we need to first develop the teeth because these things that we are producing, the algorithms and all these things that we are producing, they might have a big impact if we have not developed the right mechanisms of dealing with these things. Absolutely. And I think there's two little points I want to make on that. You know, everyone's probably played the game of Jenga. You've played Jenga before, right? Yeah. You know, so like if you have a strong base where everything's lined up and all the, all the things are there, that's fantastic. But if someone takes out those bottom two pieces, a little bit of weight shift can cause the Jenga tower to fall. And that's kind of what we're doing. You know, we're taking from our foundation and we're putting it up top. We rise higher. You know, the Jenga tower is going longer. We feel like we're getting ahead, but we're sacrificing the foundation for something. It's kind of like sacrificing your needs for wants, you know? It's like, would you really trade your home for like a one day party at a yacht? I'd argue, and I think Maslow's hierarchy of needs would also argue that most people would not do that. Yeah. And But that's what we've done as a society. And I think, you know, it automatically, if we have a similar version of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it it has to like, you know, just give us a nice right hook to put us down. And bring us back to our roots mm -hmm. so we can fix that stability again. And, you know, it's 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 really true because I really feel that on a deep level. And with regards to you're mentioning that, uh, you know, a baby chewing without growing teeth. The one thing that came to my brain is uh, Kobe Bryant. And remember, in peace, this man has done a lot of amazing things. But I remember particularly an interview where an individual was mentioning that, you know, he trains every single day, but he trains on like the basic things the basic things and it's like you know kobe is undeniably one of the greatest of all time players mm -hmm. whether you want to rank him in a certain order 
that's probably up for debate. But I think everyone knows he is an all time great. He is known for his mentality, he is known for his work ethic, he is known for his heart. And I think I use that as an example because if such an exceptional individual at an individual level works on the basics so much, why don't we emulate that as a societal level where we do the complete opposite and focus on all these complex things where our foundations are weak, or at least we don't retrain them? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, There's a point I wanted to go to uh, connecting to what you just mentioned Mm. um, about pressures. Mm. You pressures. pressures. I, I did register that because now... <laughs> I think it was a Jenga Taurus, huh? No, no you mentioned uh, the young people are dealt with all these pressures. Yes, that we can reflect and all this stuff. Mm. But what if the pressures that we have don't allow us to recreate a new society or recreate new systems? Um, and that's on where the on pressure top. is coming from. It's almost like we done, <laughs> we answered and then came back. That yeah. that's where the pressures are coming from. That we need to resolve these um, pressure points so that we can allow ourselves to sit still and reflect. Because life can allow us to sit still, and, and that's reflect. that's life. That is life. That's the purpose of seasons. Absolutely. Right. But as a human society, we want to move so fast. And as I like the analogy you, you used of the Jenga. We are taking from our foundation and putting it up, up there. I had some pretty oh. good ones today. Eh? That's a big one. I think you, you should uh, use uh, that, you know, Jenga. Should, Jenga should I copyright phone. it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe I heard it from somewhere else too. Who knows? But, but uh, I mean, taking all this back to education, uh, we see that now that's it's almost like we discuss it and come come back to um, okay. education it's a conversation but it, it is education in the future has to look at the sorry to look at all these things uh about to look at what was our edu- education then what's the purpose of education to start with how is it empowering people into moving into if the education we need is to train on the basics, then let's 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 make that clear. And I think that was that's that's exactly what the kind of education we need post COVID is to train on the basics that maybe we still haven't mastered the potential that we want. And it's a big thing, Paham, that I want any any young person to to hear that. There's this potential that is put before us. Right? Yeah, you can do this, you can be this, you, you, you're made for this. But if as young people we can sit still and hold in suspense those potentials. There's a book here um, written by, it's called Missing Out in Praise of the Unlived Life. Mm. It's by Adam Phillips. And the reason I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this, he says, the unexamined life is surely worth living, but it is the unlived life worth examining. Say that again. The unexamined life is surely worth living. The life that is not examined 
culture. We just go on and on and on. But it is, but is the unlived life worth examining? So it's kind of reflecting on the potential an individual has. And it's like, whatever individuals have gone through, you know, it's great. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's for our people like us, who thankfully still have a couple of years left, knock on wood, um, you know, that we have to reflect, we have to question ourselves, we have to question our reality, we have to question our systems, we got to question. And this isn't saying, you know, go up to your police officer and say, why are you arresting me? Or like, why are you doing XYZ? I'll probably get you in trouble. So hmm. in my opinion, at least try to uh, be as polite as possible. And yeah, but uh, that was kind of like a little aside. But Point being is we need to question uh, everything we're doing. We need to examine why we're doing certain things. You know, I, there was a, what was the book called? Can't think of it from the top of my head, but the name of it, that is. But essentially, it talks about the principle of putting in money to things that you value. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's one way that you can save money, right? I believe... Yeah. So essentially, like, for example, for me, what that applied for me is I don't buy Starbucks coffee or any. Mm -hmm. I just use that as an example to Morin's whatever, because their coffee is like two to three bucks each. I buy Nescafe, the instant coffee, 10 bucks for like a six month supply for the amount that I use. And I use that money saved and use it for something that I actually value. Mm -hmm. Things like for my health, I like to work out. So it's I end up using that money for so gym equipment. And similarly in society, that's the things that we should be doing. Mm -hmm. Similarly for our individuals. And sure, you were going to say something. No, I was going to uh, emphasize the point you made in reflection of this to this question Adam Phillips asks. That is it, is the unlived life worth examining? The life that maybe our parents have created for us. The not the, the life that our parents have created for us. Not mm. that it's there, but it's in images. It's in potential. Oh, okay. I guess I kind of misinterpreted that. Cool, no, Daniel. Oh, I did. It, but maybe recontextualize it is that sure. there's this image of potential that you've been painted from a mm. childhood, and maybe for a lot of young people, there's this image of a potential. Uh, you got to build a for you know. Uh, a company at one time you have to make a make billion it. dollars but we live in this life of chasing that yeah that's it at the detriment of our present life and we end up unexamining the life that we actually live yep so my encouragement to you and I and to other little people, is that maybe we have to hold in suspense. Yes, potential is good. Yes, all these things that we want for ourselves are important. But have we mastered the basics of getting to the unlived life, the things that we want and all that? And that's where education comes in. And that's where the impact of the pandemic comes in now. It's weighing down on a lot of young people that 
there's this potential of maybe some time owning a house, but the current mortgage prices are high. High is high, man. You got to use a bigger word than that. (laughs) Astronomical. (laughs) So there's this unlived life that is painted for young, a lot of young people. And I can tell you, maybe we, we, we are surviving this, but you can imagine the pressures that a lot of maybe teens are dealing with. Sure. Because Absolutely. of Instagram and all these st- stuff that a lot of people are painting. And so a lot of people are living in the unlived life, chasing the potential, instead of actually focusing on mastering the basics of their current lives. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's kind of... Um... I was watching a video on the differences in culture between Canada and Germany. I think we were talking about this a couple of weeks. Did I mention this on our previous episode? Maybe not. Hmm. It just cut me off if I did. But anyways, they were talking about the differences in um, the culture. And what they mentioned is when in, they were from Canada, but they moved to Germany after. And they mentioned that, you know, people in Canada, for the most part, they're millennials and stuff. They work. They rent an apartment. They get enough money to go to the suburbs. They raise a family. They get babies and repeat. The cycle mm-hmm. continues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's because it's it's costly, right? And it's like when you have to do this, you literally have your blinders on. You know, like this is the goal. This is the goal. But you're missing out on reflection. You're missing out on what your life could be. You're missing out on what you're sacrificing and this is a critical point joseph what you're sacrificing to get to this goal you know and i'll give a personal example so right now my goal is medicine and you know this is something that i kind of reflected on after my friend kind of like just we had a great discussion on it and he kind of just uh right hooked me to that point of reflection right because you know when you're in this zone you can't see it yourself because this is your blinder right you haven't seen the sides of your world. So until someone gives you that right hook and smacks these blinders clean off, then you're like, wow, what do I want to do? Do I, do I want to take the blue pill and pretend everything, this is just a joke or take the red pill and see life for what it is. And that was a matrix reference. So hopefully I'm not too old. If I mentioned that movie, we'll see <laughs> man times flying. But you know, what he mentioned was he mentioned that, do you realize how much you're giving up for this? Like, you're giving up your 20s the 20s are the best years of your life and you know like this is a competitive field that you're giving such amount of stress anxiety work and you're losing not only that but the potential that you could have to maybe start your own business you know start your own firm go up the corporate ladder whether or not that's something that you want to do and you know it didn't really hit me until he mentioned this. And I think this goes for any aspect of life. And I just mentioned that example to say that it's happened to me as well, you know, and this isn't to say that I don't want to go to medicine. I've reflected on it again and I still do, but now I at least have this complete vision of what I am sacrificing to go forward and the risks that I've chosen to partake in in the future. This may change. But I'm at least aware of it. Mm-hmm. So the question becomes, is that whose potential am I chasing? Mm. It, it may be yours, but what is the real incentive 
what's the real purpose behind that? Because if you're really chasing medicine for medicine's sake, then you'll get there. You'll get medicine. You get to be a doctor. But what happens after being a doctor? Exactly. Right. You got to so, plan everything. And so that's the, 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 the pressure of, of uh, potential. Yeah. Potential. But, uh, and in this COVID period, definitely it's creating a lot of mental health issues because a lot of oh, people yeah. had these ideas, they had all these images and things that they wanted to do, things that they were hoping to achieve. School yeah. and all that. And the pandemic is humbling us and it's telling us, oh, hey, man. That was like a golf club going for a swing at your dreams, hopes and dreams. And that just hit a hole in one. You know what I mean? Man, these analogies are great today, man. Dude, I'm loving this. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe we need to get back to real education. Mm. Education of the soul and mind and the heart. And the basics. Back to Uh, the basics. We talking about practice, man. We talking about practice. Right. So... Yeah, I, that's my reflection today. Um, I, I think I feel for young people and I feel for those of us who are now moving in. And I feel not even just for young people, but for everyone. Everyone's going through the something. generations before us. It's, 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 it's large, it's huge. Mm-hmm. But we have to examine how did we get here and how are we moving forward? Absolutely. And and I think we'll, we'll probably come to a quick close soon. But I think one aspect that we didn't mention is the individuals who are older than us, me and Joseph mm-hmm. speaking of, they also have it hard. You know, technology wasn't something native to them that we grew up with. I mean, I think the majority of individuals our age, like you pick up a you know computer or something, you play around with it for an hour, you figure it out. But for an individual who's older, it's like you can teach them 30 times, but it's just not something that they're natively comfortable with you know and i think that kind of still comes back to what needs to be changed at a societal level Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you know it's just it's just another example to add to the pod and i think me and uh joseph were talking about individuals who are our age or maybe a little bit younger because we feel a little bit more connected to this age group but it's not to say that you know we have the worst there is everyone suffering in their own unique way and i don't think we should ever discount from someone's pain and someone's turmoil especially at the hands of something that i don't even remember <laughs> that i can't even put words to it man this sucks mm-hmm. um but you know take the positives where you can take the w's appreciate your l's you know and when i say l's i mean losses and you know whatever failure that arises in your life i hope that this talk with Joseph has inspired an opportunity to reflect, to question, to speak, to communicate, and to focus on the fundamentals. And with that said, Joseph, is there anything you'd like to add for a closing statement or should we thank you and go out to our outro? Well, now uh, I've always got uh, some some wisdom. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, but yeah, I'll just say you got to take it easy. Take it easy on ourselves. Uh, maybe we need to get back to the rhythm of the birds and the trees. Um, we need to calm down uh, from uh, rocket science 
and to live and be like the rest of nature. Because that's the only way we can bring back ourselves to the path heading to the cliff. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I just want to add one small note, even though I said I'll give you a final statement. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because I think in uh, modern life, a lot of trends are moving towards going back to the basics, being one with nature, you know, meditating, going back to more uh, foods that we ate as our ancestors did rather than all of this processed food, all these, you know, heavy grains and all this kind of stuff. And it's a bit promising in my eyes. So Man, I, I, I think I think with all the reflection that's going on here, I am hopeful. And, you know, it, it's a difficult process and no one has any certainties because uh, there's never any certainty with life. But I'm, I'm hopeful, hoping mm -hmm. for the best. And I think through all this reflection and ability to realize what was going on for this whole time everyone was on autopilot, I think there's a huge benefit. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. So uh, do you have any f final thoughts on that? or? I think um, I'm good, but yeah, I'll say take it easy. And life still goes on. Uh, still goes on. Life is happening whilst other things are happening. So. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Joseph. So uh, I'm not sure if we talked about this earlier with the guests, but what we're thinking of doing with Joseph is having Joseph on more regularly where we can have these more casual chats about a particular topic. Um, as you notice, these topics aren't super pinpointed as some of our other interviews, but I think that they're useful. At least I think so. Do you think so, Joseph? I think so. Um, I, I, I hope so. Knock on wood. But, uh, but you know, I, I think this is what we're going to be doing. And hopefully we'll have a lot more philosophical thoughts coming on for a couple new episodes. But uh, always let us know what you think. And with that said, thank you again to the listeners and viewers of this podcast. And we hope to catch you on the next one. And if you haven't already, please make sure to hit subscribe. Like if you're on YouTube. Leave us a review if you're on a podcasting platform. And most importantly, tell a friend. Because if you're loving this content, chances are your network might too. Mm -hmm. And with that said, we'll catch you on the next one. Aluta continua. <laughs> See you. Hey, everyone. Par, I'm back after another amazing episode with another amazing guest. We hope we added value into your life so you could take the tips from this episode and fuel your process forward. If you enjoyed our episode today and think other friends or family members may also appreciate the lessons that our podcast brings, be sure to share us with them. Subscribe and rate our show so we know how we did. And always remember, trust the process. Boom, how was that, man? Hey everyone, Par, I'm back after another amazing episode with another amazing guest. We hope we added value into your life so you could take the tips from this episode and fuel your process forward. If you enjoyed our episode today and think other friends or family members may also appreciate the lessons that our podcast brings, be sure to share us with them. Subscribe and rate our show so we know how we did. And always remember, trust the process.